Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van? And, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. And I want to stitch these stories together across the states. We're going to find the commonalities. And it's going to be really an amazing experience. And I look forward to you joining me on the job. And we're live just like that. Hey, Christian, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so that's uh, that's a little video we do for the. It's kind of it's interesting because that's about you know 14 months old, right before I even had my first interview. Just getting the jar, the van lined up, getting the stickers on at my friend's place, and uh, you know with all that that pre anticipation voice of why am I doing this? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and here we are, and it's led. It's interesting because it did say you know it's gonna. You know, I'm going to run around and find the common thread. And I think I knew that instinctively before when I was doing, you know, when I was in the planning stage. And mm -hmm. interestingly, the common thread we, we talked, uh, Christian, that's, you know, been mental health. So sure. I started this show to to bring people like yourself who are in the, you know, passionately in the in the space and, mm -hmm. you know, trying somehow got in here. And you're and I think this is a space where, where people are passionate about it. Um, and you know, you're in here, you're, you're doing your part. You've got, you got your bone right now. It seems you're, 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 you're gnawing on that bone. And why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, you know, just a wee bit about yourself and then what, you know, what is it that got you into the space? What's that aha thing that you saw that you wanted to kind of get and where are you at on it? Sure. So, um, you know, my, my, about myself, um, I'm a, a serial entrepreneur, um, and, um, really passionate about everything that I do. I, yeah. I get bored with things easily. And, uh, and so I just find interesting things and then turn them into stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, solid problems. Yeah, definitely an out of the box thinker. Or I always say I'm not an out of the box thinker. I didn't even know there was a box. So yeah, yeah. Wait totally a minute. <laughs> we are, we, actually, there is a big difference there in the mentality of it. Yeah, yeah there, is, there is. I agree. I'm, one of those rare folks who uh, decided to not uh, not go to college and uh, not get not get trained the traditional way. So did a, a lot of my learning through uh, the, the street and through reading books. And man, I read a ton of books, um, and that's where I learned most of. That's amazing. Of what I, know. I shouldn't say I read them; I listen to them on you know two times yeah. speed on Audible. But you know, <laughs> in the old days, back when you used to have to read things, I would read a lot of books. <laughs> so, um, oh man, yeah. So it's 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 fun. But anyway, I've been in the healthcare space. Yeah, how'd you fun. get in the space? So, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a long story, so I'll kind of uh, tell a little bit of it and, uh, you know, it, whatever's missed, we can maybe talk about it some other time. But um, when I was a, a youngster, um, I, I got married fairly young and uh, had four kids um, pretty quickly. But my first daughter, um, she was diagnosed when she was born with um, neck or necrotizing intercolitis. So basically her colon was dying oh. and she was, oh. she was in the NICU. And, um, oh. you know, they, they were trying to figure out what was wrong with her. And of course, at that time, nobody had any idea what neck, what caused neck or what to do about it. And yeah. um, now we all know that it's, it's basically caused by unsanitary conditions <laughs> in the NICU. Um, but that, you know, anyway, long and short is, um, you know, seeing that whole process being part of 
the medical space from the inside, um, seeing what was going on in the hospital, I just realized that there was mm. a lot of disconnects, that there was a lot of need there, um, that the system wasn't really aligned. It wasn't really yeah. working very well. And so um, I decided to start working at that hospital. I, you know, was an IT guy, self-taught, as was everybody at that particular time. Yes. <laughs> they were all self-taught. Um, but uh, decided to start working at the the hospital in the um, the IT department, um, and um, again inside I saw how they were trying to connect things together using interoperability and trying to create you know the first health exchanges um, that existed back then. And I saw that there were there were issues. It just it didn't feel right. It didn't feel like it was working. So on my own dime, I went down to Los Alamos National Labs and met with the Advanced Computer Research Lab there and saw the first example of cloud computing and um, kind of had an aha moment at that point um, on how things needed to connect or kind of what was the underlying philosophy mm. for solving some of these issues in healthcare. And that could take us on a whole nother rabbit trail, but there's the short version is that it, it really is about alignment. It can't be one group owns all the data and everybody else attaches to it and you know pays for it. It has to be really an individual controlling their own information, their own process, and then facilitating that. Um, and so I, I patented an idea around how to actually make that happen. And in that process ended up um, acquiring um, through what's called an MSO or management service organization, a couple of primary care clinics. And, and it was going to start using them as a laboratory for testing okay. uh, theories and how to make um, this all work. And then I thought, you know, the first, the first step was electronic medical records. Yeah. Um, but learned pretty quickly that that created as many problems as it solved. Um, and um, in that process, again, skipping ahead a lot, um, uh, one of my, family members, a close personal, you know, family member, um, was, uh, misdiagnosed by a doctor as having bipolar disorder and she wasn't bipolar. So he had put her on Lamictal, which was just devastating for several years. You know, I would just find her practically catatonic. Um, it was horrible, a horrible situation. And so I started to see this gap, um, in the healthcare space that was, solvable in a way that other gaps in healthcare weren't because mental health was a clear gap, but no one seemed to care. Um, and which was bizarre because there was a lot of hands in the pot in the interoperability and electronic medical record world, but there was really nobody's hands in the pot or very few people's hands in the pot in the mental health space. So I thought, Hey, this is uh, clearly causing an issue with my family. And from what I've learned, um, mental health is connected to physical medicine. I mean, it's connected to heart attacks, stroke, diabetes, yes. hypertension, I mean, you name it, everything. Um, why is no one solving this problem? And so I started um, a mental health company back in 2011 um, that just identified mental health issues and had some partners and got it all up and running. And through that was able to actually find out that my family member did not have bipolar disorder, which was a huge eye opener. Um, Goodness. Yeah. And so we were able to get her off the medicine and um, through a long series of events, got her what she needed um, and use some genetics in that process to, to figure out what was wrong. And um, that's really what 
uh, turned me on to the space. And then yeah. once I got in the space, I realized that if we could solve this problem, it would it would solve so many other issues. Yeah. Um, and it would <clears throat> sidestep a lot of the Bravo Sierra around, um, you know, interoperability and and, you know, records and all the transfer and all the things that people um, were trying to solve. We could solve those in an easier way by solving this mental health mm -hmm. issue. So that's, you know, I, I kept going down that space, ended up selling the that company to a private equity group and, um, you know, still stayed in love with the space. I just couldn't let it go. I was, yeah. um, you know, they're, during Obamacare, they basically cut the reimbursement on our code that we were using by 60%. So it made it really difficult to continue the way we had done it in the yeah. past. And so thought maybe it's time for me to just, you know, kind of walk away from all this for a while. But in that process, I couldn't let it go. I mean, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. I meditated for almost a year straight, not contiguously. <laughs> you know, oh, sorry. I lost my earphones. Hang on one okay. second. Yeah, I'm still. Sorry. <laughs> can you hear me? I can hear you. No, can... lost my lost my headphones. Hang on a second. Could be me. Uh, here, I'll switch. There we go. There we go. Switching to these little critters. Can you hear me okay? I can still hear you. You can hear me? Okay. Okay. Yep. Sorry. The uh, Bluetooth yeah. decided to bomb out on me here. <laughs> Sometimes it happens. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'll turn that off and throw it down. Um, okay. So um, I forgot where I was. <laughs> yeah. It, so you were kind of talking about Obamacare and then it switched. You had to switch yeah. to, you know, that kind of switches everything around. You got out of that company or you had already mm -hmm. got out. And just kind of meditating on what to do next. Yeah, I was um, meditating, did a lot of walking, did a lot of reading. For about a year, um, I, I couldn't figure out what to do. And yeah. I just couldn't shake the feeling that this needs to be solved. It wasn't getting solved. Even the company that had built before, it was good, but it was missing a piece, a pretty big piece. Um, and as most things in my life, at least as an entrepreneur, and most entrepreneurs would probably say the same thing, I just kind of like, ran headlong into a brick wall and discovered this magic formula <laughs> essentially <laughs> quite by accident which was what um what we used to develop connected mind which is my current venture um and in this venture really decided to stay very laser focused instead of having my hands in a hundred pots and you know running medical clinics and it and software and all the different things we were doing all at the same time and decided to really put the focus strictly on solving the mental health issue in primary care as that in the, that uh, handoff into behavioral health. And so okay. we developed Connected Mind to do that. And what it essentially does is it screens for the six most common connected mental health conditions simultaneously. It does it okay. in random order. And then based on the responses to those questions, um, the person's either done taking the test in, you know, under a minute or it will actually launch into a customized, um, you know, test specifically for what that person has triggered. And it's random. It responds to the answer. So it, it, it adapts to how the person answers. It's kind of like being interviewed by a clinical psychologist. And okay. what's so unique and special about that is two things. Number one we found a way to balance workflow 
with detail. So in primary care, especially when I say primary care, by the way, I mean family practice, internal medicine, yeah. OB/GYN, and pediatrics. So okay. Okay. Um, that's where everybody goes to be seen by the doctor. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> pr that's probably ninety percent of the visits, whatever the exa number is. Eighty, certainly eighty exactly. percent. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, in, in that space, they are um, pushed through the chute like cattle. I mean, people are just you know, in and out five, 10 minutes. I mean, the good ones, maybe 15 or 20 minutes, but I mean, it's, I mean, they don't have a lot of time. You're not going to get so, picked up for And there's, I mean, in talking about my mental health, but you know, the guys like, you know, yeah. checks everything and it'd be so casual. You wouldn't even feel like it's like, it's, it's a real genuine question in a way. Like, exactly. Like, how are you, are you doing? Depressed? <laughs> yeah. Or how are you doing? Exactly. I mean, that's a friggin' rabbit hole. We only have 15 minutes, but like, you yeah. just, just, I would even want to say, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm okay. And most people don't, or they'll take a test, you know, a PHQ nine or a GAD seven, which are the traditional tests that you were given um, in those clinics. And people looking at those know exactly what it is. Well, this is obviously a depression test, or this is obviously an anxiety test. I don't want to talk about it, so I'm not going to answer the questions. And so our tool was designed to kind of sidestep all of that, but do it in a way where it did not um, interrupt the workflow, which is what okay. so many products do, because to do this correctly, it takes a long time. I mean, you have to ask a lot of questions. You got to figure out what's going on with somebody. Mm -hmm. So we just figured out how to balance those two things. So some people in the you know 20% of the bell curve, are going to take long tests. It's going to take a while, but you know, for the 80% in the middle, you know, two to five minutes. And if someone's not dealing with something, it's a minute, you're over, you're done, you move on. But for a doctor, that's a big deal because now they're not prescribing medicine by just asking you a simple question. You feel sad. Well, yeah, kind of, well, here, take this pill. <laughs> you know, it's, it, 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 it changes the entire game, you know, and it makes their life better. It's more aligned because the doctor now is able to actually bill insurance for this. And for the doctors that don't bill insurance, it's inexpensive enough that they can just pay for it and be done with it and give it to patients. But it gives them the kind of information they need to really decide what to do with people and where to go. And it's not just focused on depression, anxiety, because mental health is a spectrum. There's a lot going on. Maybe yes, it's anxiety. Yeah. Maybe it's somatic symptom disorder, which is on the spectrum with anxiety, but doesn't always trigger anxiety um so it's it's just um a good way for these doctors to actually um find these problems and do something meaningful with them and it's not always kick it down the road to the psychiatrist sometimes it's just deal with it in-house sometimes just acknowledging I, the person's yeah, I dealing with something yes <laughs> I so. think that's like, yeah, I could see a lot of times where it's, you know, do you, you know, do you want to talk? Hey, look, this is what the test kind of came up with. You know, mm -hmm. are you ready to talk to somebody? Absolutely. And, and I, I don't know. Sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, you. no, I mean, just like it, it, at least now the doctor's got real concrete information to ask the next question. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, and I, I can't remember if I said this when we went live or before i think I, it was before so i'll go ahead and say it again you can stop me if i didn't but yeah, right. 69 percent of those that get diagnosed with a mental health condition um come into the doctor talking only about physical symptoms meaning they didn't know the symptoms they were dealing with were caused by mental health so yeah, how great. is the doctor 70 percent 
Yeah, it's insane. And how is a doctor expected to to find out what's wrong with somebody if the person doesn't even know themselves? <laughs> Everybody's know? like, it, it's like it's you're you're in a room. You've got nothing but serial liars coming in, right? In a way, they're just lying to you yeah. about what they actually is going on, and yeah. you have to figure out what the real truth is. Yeah, I mean, and, and I know that Oof. that's kind of like that with all of medicine, but especially around mental health, it's, I mean, without somebody being able to communicate what's going on, there's just no, no way of knowing. So that's what there's our no tool way. effectively does is it, it goes okay. in and it finds those problems. So, and then during COVID, um, we realized that primary care just was not going to be able to, um, yeah, you know, so cover you... the spread. So we, we built a version that's anonymous. It's free on our website and go take it. Um, corporations can use it and get an aggregate view of the mental health so they can make decisions scientifically on what to do with their organization. Um, but we, we built that's that great. version. That's and, great. And, and the cool thing is, is it actually converts to a clinical version. So you can take it to your doctor where you're getting the appropriate level of information for an individual. So it's like a gas gauge, green is good, red is bad. You know, it's really simple to read. If something's going on, it's got a big giant red flag says, hey, you need to call this number or go to the ER. But um, otherwise you go to your doctor and there's a little code at the bottom. The doctor just types in the code in a, on a website and boom, it converts it to a clinical version and, they ha and they've got the information that they need to take next steps so. yeah to start the conversation right to start you know yeah very interesting yeah, yeah. now how i mean this is a interesting because the um you know president biden signed from the white house signed into a that the strategic thing around mental health and one of them is is getting medical providers to integrate this into their care and i mm -hmm. i don't you know it's not a law um, you know, but these are the beginnings of a shaping, you know, what it should be, a, you know, should be part of the practice. And I know some do, uh, mm -hmm. but this seems like your tool is really well positioned for that. I mean, to help, help make that happen. Cause it, cause, it, it really yeah. is. Yeah. It, it, the biggest problem in the healthcare space again is with alignment. I mean, that's the problem with the whole thing overall, but even with mental health, um, a lot of times government talks about, um, wanting to make a difference in the space, but then simultaneously on the back end, they cut the reimbursement. So a doctor can't get paid to do the work. Um, <laughs> it's like, what the hell are you guys thinking? Uh, or it's all about looking good and not actually doing something. But there's a group out called the Kennedy forum. Fantastic. Former Congressman um, uh, Kennedy um, runs it and they're doing a lot of fantastic work around um, really kind of pushing um, the uh, the legislature in all the different states to start to hold insurance accountable to mm. spending money on mental health. I mean, and there's been multiple lawsuits that have been out recently. Um, there's there's a fight, but but we're winning the fight. So there's the fight for the stigma, like even talking about it. But then there's a fight that to get paid because if doctors are not going to get paid for their time, they're not they're not going to do the work. Yeah. Period. It's just not going to happen. So. <laughs> And, yeah. you know, if you're doing the work comes with it, liability, you know, all these mm -hmm. other things that for, especially from doctors, mm -hmm. um, I, you know, it's, it's goofy at the end of the day for hospitals because you're treating symptoms right now, symptoms mm -hmm. of the mental health mm -hmm. crisis that people are, you know, Absolutely. people have, you know, if you've got stress, you're going to end up with a heart attack or a stroke. Yeah. 
And then you're going to end up, you know, you're going to end up on meds and treatment and and the cost of the insurance company is tremendous. So it's it's insane. Yeah. So, you know, if we could, if you could treat, I'm a root cause guy. It seems like if you can get after the root cause, we would, our medical situation would be way, way, way better. uh, The cost. And so I think it is trying to figure out sometimes maybe even how to move the, the money, how to move the money from the back end to the front end. You know, and then maybe there's some, you know, now we start getting some goofy human behavior like, whoa, let's not get crazy here. You know, I'm a heart specialist. We don't want to be eliminating heart attacks too soon. (laughs) Oh, no, wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) You got a drug company going, I just spent $10 million on a heart attack medicine. Let's let's just slow roll this legislation. But it's a real it's a practical thing, Christian. These are real like things you'll have will have to overcome will be. The treatment. There's a lot of money in treating physical conditions. And oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's an industry it, around it. Well, and we work with Bail Donine for heart attack, stroke, and diabetes prevention. Uh, it's a group. They, they're super well-known um, uh, for helping to prevent heart attack, strokes, and diabetes. And they use our tool for the psychosocial side of it all. And psychosocial is one of the key components to preventing heart attack and stroke, especially secondary events. Because if you have a primary event, uh, heart attack, you're 300% more likely to have a second event if if depression is a factor. So it's it's critical. Psychosocial is is critical to all of this stuff. 300. Yeah, you've got to have a good. You got to find that the good space for your mind. Uh, Absolutely. Definitely. I mean, you can feel when you're not right in your head, things are not going good. You can physically feel it. Um, yeah. And and, yeah. Most people don't know what they're what they're feeling, though. They don't know that 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 pressure in their chest, um, you know, might be anxiety or they don't know that that feeling of fear might be something else. You know, it's mm-hmm. not they don't understand wh- how to put words around it. And so that's why this kind of stuff is so critical. And really, if we're going to make a real impact here, this has to be driven from people up. I hate saying the patient because the patient is you and me. It's people. It's everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so it, it's got to be a push from the person through the doctor all the way through the system. And if people just demand these services and won't take no for an answer, that's the only thing that's going to really make a, an impact. Plus, I mean, people should have the ability. Oh, uh, let me step back, and I'm I'm quoting. Um, uh, uh, gosh, I can't remember his name. Forgive me. I forgot his name all of a sudden. But it's the doctor who invented the soap note, basically. And he okay. said, "Yeah, that um, that um, uh, Larry Weed. His name is Larry Weed. Um, and he he basically said that doctors are not oracles of information. They are guidance systems in complex situations." So when doctors act as oracles, that's when people get hurt. Yes. They have to act like guidance systems. Um, and that's the only way that this is going to work long term. And in order to be guidance systems, people need to participate in that process. It cannot be, you know, going to the Wizard of Oz and saying, what is wrong with me? And then they just magically tell you because it doesn't work that way. <laughs> so... Sorry. I can't see it. <laughs> you know, it's a beautiful analogy because you I, you can't see inside somebody's head. I can mm-hmm. see I can see your heart's getting damaged. I can see your blood pressure's you know freaking out. I can see maybe mm-hmm. even you know cancer, right? I mean, it could be cancers. It could be ultimately long term. You could be wrecking your cell structure, 
with your, you know, with your, the stress could be doing that. Um, so I can't see inside your mind or understand, but I can see the physical side. So, mm-hmm. you know, it does make some sense. We're kind of at an evolutionary point, I think, maybe like hearing you. It's like we're in evolutionary, like we're in a conundrum here. We have all these great treatments for all these illnesses, but actually we've just found out recently, it seems, what causes the illness, but we're still completely embedded in the treatment regime. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 insane how the whole system works. Well, again, it's out of alignment. And without and that's, yeah, alignment, nothing works. I often use the word integrity, but I don't mean integrity as in honesty. I mean it as in alignment. But without yeah, integrity, yeah. nothing works. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So. You were talking when you were talking about the, the medical records and stuff. And I think I was seeing some of the, the stuff on your on your profile. I thought I was thinking of um, NFTs, you know, ultimately, you know, putting, you know, being able to put your medical records on your own, on your own address and owning your own yeah. medical. So an NFT, like yeah. a non-fungible token, but basically an yep. and yep. on the blockchain. I should yeah, say yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. On the blo- so, yep. yeah, sorry, on the blockchain uh, yep. in the form, it would be in the form of some kind of an NFT. But, um, you know, beyond the blockchain and, you know, and if you wanted my stuff, I just give you my address mm-hmm. and you can plug it in. You can see it. You know, you've got access to, uh, you know, you've got access to all my medical records. You can see the whole files. I mean, it's kind of like a Google Drive, uh, except Google doesn't see it. And the whole point mm-hmm. is, right, it's private. You know, and mm-hmm. nothing on Google's servers is private uh, yeah, as far yeah. as I can tell. So it's mm-hmm. you can own it yourself. Nobody else would own it. And if they want to write to it like a doctor and everything else, they want to write to it, they can write to that file, put on the medical. So it wouldn't be sure the hospital can keep their own records, but you would be required by law to write into my personal record on mm-hmm. my, on my block, on my, you know, my record on the, on the blockchain, on my record. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that's the best way. Then you, everywhere you go, you always have your own, you have the master record. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, like I said, hospitals can write whatever they want. But I think anything the hospital writes should, by law, end up on my record. Um, yeah. So anywhere yeah. I take it, anywhere I can see my history, I don't I would love to know what my history was. I mean, I broke my arm. I had stitches here and there. Those records mm-hmm. are all gone. I don't I don't. And I didn't. And I never even owned them, probably. Shockingly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and, absolutely. I, I totally yeah. agree with you. I mean, it has to be patient owned. I think there's a case to be made for blockchain. I think also there's a case to be made for, um, you know, being able to um, uh, access that and have people write to your medical records whenever you go to the doctor. That's kind of what my patent was. um, Yeah, that's what I was picking up on. the. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But um, it, it uses biometrics to attach everything and stuff gets stored wherever it was created, it gets stored. But when you use your hand or your veins or whatever, Mm -hmm. it pulls it all back and your body is what identifies it as being you. Everything else is completely de-identified, but yeah, that's a whole, you know, (laughs) rabbit trail, but yeah, it's basically the same kind of idea may come, you know, I think, I think you were ahead of time on, you had the right, you had the right concept. And now I think maybe the blockchain is a place where you can, you can be stored. And yeah, yeah. what, however, it could be biometrics where they, the company uses the, the hospital, or whatever, uses that to ultimately upload and write, you know, write to your medical file. And yeah. like I said, you know, and it should be doctor's notes, the nurse's notes when they came in, all yeah. that should automatically Everything. just be 
boom, click, you know, straight into your file. Um, yep. And then you've got that as a permanent record, you know, lifelong record. Um, yep, absolutely. And the patient absolutely. owns that. Yeah. Um, not the secret yep. stuff where the doctors and hospitals have all their little secret notes and it's everywhere. And then they could sell your data, probably sell your information yeah. and you should control well, your own data. Or the more common scenario, which is they didn't write anything down at all. <laughs> Remember the story about my daughter? Well, we went, went back to find out all that information to see what could be done about it. And uh, they, they didn't write anything down. It was a bunch of chicken scratches. So, yeah. <laughs> It's pretty bad. <laughs> I would imagine getting somebody off of those kind of meds is, is a lot harder than it is to get them on them. Like, was oh, you're trip? talking about the lamictal? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So my daughter was not not the one on the lamictal yeah. just because if she ever watches this podcast, she'll be mortified if she thinks I was talking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not her. No, it was somebody else. But yes, it was quite difficult. You had to titrate off of it. You had to watch everything. It was it was not fun. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, getting off getting off of them is a lot. Like once you're on that stuff, you're you're identified, yeah. you're labeled, and you're it's a it's a danger if you come off of. Yeah, you know. yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of those medicines are like that. I mean, even you know, simple you know, anxiety medicine or depression medicine. If you quit that stuff cold turkey, it's not good. Yeah, it creates yeah. a lot of problems. You know, it's uh, people, but I don't think people realize how serious that stuff is. It's yeah. it's heavy stuff. So yeah, and like I said, hopefully we can get rec better recognition and and the right diagnosis. It'd be yeah. great if um, if you do have something that's like what your tool is in the workflow of the doctor patient relationship. You're you're in, you're getting into that space. Very difficult, I'm sure. That was a hard a hard road to get through. And um, interesting. I, I like this idea. 20% of people, you can, if you can find 20% of people that should have a conversation, that's impressive. That's a lot of people mm -hmm. you're helping. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that would have slipped through. Yeah. Yeah. That would have, yeah, exactly. Would have slipped through the cracks if, if they hadn't have been found. Yeah. So, how do people find your, you know, how do, how do they find you or how, or how can they help? You know, anybody listening that's in the mental health space, you know, how can, is there a way that they can help or get in touch or. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, obviously you can go to our website, connectedmind.me, mm -hmm. um, take okay. a screening. There's a whole section there that says help a friend, send it to your friends, send it to everybody. Just get screened. We make no money off of it. We can't even tell who took the test. It's just, it's totally completely anonymous um, but the more people that use it, the more people get found and the more people get help. So that's the first thing is that you can get a, um, get a hold of me that way, or you can find me on LinkedIn with my extremely complex last name here. <laughs> look at the, look at the name down here. It's, it's connected <laughs> me, right? On LinkedIn. Connected mind yeah. dot me. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep. Say it. Oh, connected mind dot me. Yeah. Just, just like, um, on, on my label there. All right. Let's see how that goes. I did yeah. some. I, I did a thing. Did it work? No. What? I did a banner. Let's see. Oh, show it. Okay. There we go. Ah, there we go. Yes. Brilliant. That I'm, works. I'm working. I'm getting better at this little toy. <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh, yep. um, that's great. So that, that's a great, I'm going to go there for sure. Right after this, I'm going to take it. Yep. I'm absolutely going to yep. jump on. Um, let's put that. I'll, I'll paste that into the, when I, Share it on LinkedIn and Facebook and stuff. Yeah. I'll throw it in there as well. 
Okay. Any kind of closing yeah. thoughts? Any other any messages you want to, you know, any shout outs or any messages you want to close with? Uh, I think the biggest thing is everything starts with identification. So get screened, get yep. your family screened, um, and do it at least once a quarter. Um, things change, seasons change, life events, you know, happen. Yep. Um, knowing what's going on with yourself, you're the only one that gets the results. Um, and then if there is an issue, bring it to your doctor and have them take a look and do not take no for an answer and do not take this, pardon my way of saying this, the stupid paper test as yeah. the, the solution, because it is not. So, okay. yeah. yeah, and I think it's great. Be your own advocate. And yep, you're, you know, that's your best. That's that's kind of that message I got. Be your advocate. And, yep. and if you're having trouble and you know you're having trouble advocating for yourself, make sure you find someone that can that you can bring along that can help you. Um, yep, absolutely. You know, you know, getting help shouldn't be too hard. And if you mm -hmm. know you feel like you need help, you should be able to get it. Um, absolutely. Without, without a lot of trouble, without a lot of fight. Yep. Ben, it's awesome, Christian. Thanks so much for being a guest. Um, thanks for sharing. Really cool space you're in and, and what you're trying to solve. I think, you know, you've got you've got a you've got a good product in the right place. And I'm kind of curious to see where, you know, if this is version two, I want to see what version, you know, as your mind is going and your unconventional, you know, kind of problem solving, you know, the next thing that you you got on on deck will be interesting, I'm sure. Yeah. It's called Skynet. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> awesome. You, Thank you so yeah. much. <laughs> Thank, and uh, hang around for a minute. We'll, we'll have a quick yeah, chat yeah. after. Thanks, everybody. Yep.